Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am Wesley Clark, and welcome to episode 35 of the Lifestyle by Design podcast. I know, I know it's been some time since I've done a podcast. Um, I went to confession. I'm back in the saddle. So uh, what I'm going to talk about today, and I've titled it The Election, COVID-19 and Alfred E. Newman. So today is Tuesday, October 27th, a week before the election. Everybody is on pins and needles waiting to see what the results are between President Trump and Vice President Biden. And this whole election process, the whole debate situation between President Trump and Vice President Biden, what a fiasco, especially the first the, the first debate. I mean, I, I it I almost just stopped watching it. I've never seen two grown old men, I'm going by their age, who were raised differently, who shouldn't have interacted like they did, and yet they did. President Trump interrupting numerous times, speaking over, I mean, just not cool, just confusing, just just bad. Now, that doesn't absolve Vice President Biden from his debate performance, because frankly, um, Vice President Biden calling, now this is a former vice president, This is also a gentleman, both gentlemen, raised in a generation before me, who were raised to respect people of different opinions, who allowed people to speak and believe whatever they wanted to believe, and encouraged them to speak and share. Perhaps we could learn something from one another. But when Vice President Biden said, shut up, which is completely disrespectful, and most importantly, calling President Trump a clown. Now, many of the listeners might say, well, you know, Trump is a clown. He should shut up. Okay. I get that. But we're talking about the person in the highest office of the land. Frankly, if if the tables are turned around and Biden was president and Trump was running for president, if he said clown. Uh, That's completely disrespectful. It's unacceptable. Either gentleman in their debate performance was unacceptable. And then President Trump came down with COVID-19. And then the third debate performance, uh, I mean, they had their town hall deal, you know, and and honestly, I didn't watch either one because I knew it was going to be a rah-rah show. And uh, it looks like it was. But I was quite impressed with the third debate. I was surprised and actually happy that President Trump was able to hold his tongue and speak calmly. And the same for Vice President Biden. And frankly, you and I, the listeners, I'm sure would agree that whoever 
is going to vote will not decide on those debates, especially the last one. They've already vote, voted, I would assume. Uh, there might be some stragglers, but it will be interesting to see what the end result is. Now let's talk about each individual candidate briefly. Let, let's talk about President Trump. One thing I wanted to bring up to each and every one of you, the big brouhaha is that President Trump only paid $700 in taxes. That's just not right. You paid more taxes. I paid more taxes. That's just not right. Right? The reality, this is a, this is a reality check. Vice President Biden, who was, you know, in the Senate. And Republicans, Democrats, they voted tax laws or breaks that allowed individuals like President Trump to be able to only pay $750 in taxes. Realize this. It's like, I don't get it. He's legitimately taking deductions that the House and Senate and the former presidents that signed in those bills into law to allow them to have massive depreciation on real estate. Just you, you wouldn't realize the tax. I'm not even going to go into it. I know I'm a financial advisor, but that's one thing you won't hear me talking about much is I'm not going to talk about investing at all. But the reality is that taxes especially the more wealthier, they've got ways and means to pay attorneys to create certain trusts, like a dynasty trust or this, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. So we can't say cry me river, let alone banks like Wells Fargo, General Electric, I mean, corporations, regardless of Trump, reduce the tax rate they weren't paying taxes even at the higher tax rate. I mean, this is this is truth. Check it out. The other issue is the abruptness, the demeanor, or the things that President Trump says. It kind of reminds me of the uh, Howard Stern of radio that he would say things that most people think. And so President Trump, maybe he doesn't think he has anything to lose. And that's one of the things that won him the first time was that people said, Democrats that I personally knew, said, I'm voting for President Trump because he says what he means and he means what he says. He doesn't do a lot of political, you know what. His arrogance is offensive. Well, what about Biden? Oh, come on, Wes. Don't don't pick on old President Trump. Okay, let's go to let's go to Biden. I mean, this guy has more guffaws than I've ever heard in my life. Now, most people, depending on which side of the fence, I'm right in the middle there. Uh, I guess I'm an independent, but they'll say it's because of his stuttering. Folks, look, if you've been around long enough, if you've been around anybody that's suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's, uh, he's showing signs of dementia. He's showing signs of, uh, and what is it, two days ago, uh, his wife was sitting beside him and he says, four more years of George. And his wife kept saying, if you look at the tape, Trump, 
Trump, Trump. So she's trying to trying to give him some help, which is cool. I mean, you know, Jill Biden. I, I mean, uh, I, I gotta I gotta give it, give her a hand, man. She she really is trying to help her husband out. But it, it's just it's just an amazing situation that this is the best candidate that the Democrats could come up. I think that Bernie Sanders, though uh, maybe I don't politically agree with him, might have been a better candidate, the more appropriate candidate, but the Democrats didn't want him in. I mean, it's pretty evident. And then, and then, folks, seriously, I, I say, what the frack? To frack or not to frack? That is the question. To load the Supreme Court justices, add three more because this new Supreme Court justice was just recently added. Be careful what you do because you set a precedence. I'm talking about the Supreme Court justice situation. As far as the fracking, I don't know if the it's a, they don't have a right to know or or you know what is all this? This is 47 years of politics, political experience. And either candidate, you know what? It would be refreshing in these debates or in any debate of any office. If you're asked a question, answer the question. Don't say, well, my opponent says this and he's a loser and vice versa. I mean, it's come on. Let's get back to solutions rather than talking about the problems. And maybe you don't have a solution, and that's why you got to do this dilly-dallying. So let's talk about the ramifications. If President Trump wins, which most people say he wouldn't, I remember the night of the election, complete transparency, I thought that Hillary Clinton would win. I think most people listening thought Hillary Clinton would win. Everything indicated it. The polls, everything. And, and I believe that Hillary thought she would win, and she became a little bit complacent, didn't go to Wisconsin once. Joe Biden, I, my understanding is he's gone three times or will be going three times. But if President Trump wins, let's go on the basis that President Trump wins. Let's say he wins the night of the election or whenever the voting is done. You know, it's whenever it's officially all the absentee ballots, all the ballots are counted and he wins. By and large, I think the consensus is, is that there will be havoc. There will be riots. There will be destruction. And nothing is worse than uncertainty. Now, we'll be having certainty, whoever is declared, but then let's say that Trump wins. There's the riots, unrest. Hopefully nobody gets injured and hurt, but property will be destroyed for sure because there's this one on one side. People will say, well, heck, so what? Stores get vandalized. They get robbed, you know, pilfered. Uh, they've got insurance. That'll cover them as if it's a justification to do this kind of stuff. I, 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 what type of values are we advocating? 
You know, if, if the anarchists want to make an impact, I'm not trying to give you advice, anarchist. But you do a heck of a lot more if you go out and feed the poor. If I remember right, this was a long time ago. Now, I was maybe 10 years old at that time. But the Black Panthers back in 68, I believe it was. You know what? They protested. But at least they went out and tried to help the poor, to feed the poor and, and do reaching out. That's how you affect a community, not by going in and destroying the property around them, the stores that they shop at, not creating uncertainty and fear. And I get why you're doing it. I'm just saying the end doesn't justify the means. I mean, what you're trying to do. Will Vice President Biden object? Will he go to court? Maybe. I, my understanding is that um, that Florida in the last, this was during the Bush-Gore deal, that they were going to go to court, Florida, or no, not the court, excuse me, that the, I guess the Senate or whatever would be the appropriate voting group that elects the electors would have elected Republican electors to give George Bush the win if Al Gore would have went and protested. But he acknowledged he lost the election, and so they never had to do that. Now, what happens if Biden wins? Kumbaya? No, I don't think so. I'm not going to go along with President Trump and agree that if Vice President Biden wins, that um, the stock market will crash. No, it's just going to go and invest in things that Vice President Biden has been advocating. But what I do think, I really do think, mark my words, you know how there's people say, mark my words, that it wouldn't surprise me if he got elected, he got sworn in, if three months to maybe a year max, he doesn't get the, the 25th Amendment slapped on him and, and basically acquiesced out, or he resigns and Kamala Harris becomes president and then they get some sort of vice president. Now, that's the concern is that Kamala Harris I wish I could remember the interview, but basically it was a great interview. Actually, the the person leading the interview was fair and balanced, not Fox. No, I'm just talking about they actually were were decent. But they said, you know, you were you are considered the most liberal senator, and they gave the reasoning why and whatever to come, uh, Senator Harris. And she said, uh, oh, she kind of chuckled and all that, but then you have and the difference between Kamala Harris and Vice President Biden is Kamala Harris is sharp. She's well-spoken. And maybe Kim's a little bit more demeaning towards people. But regardless of that, at least she shows leadership and will surely take the reins. Now, whether it's the reins that guide us to the areas or direction that we all want to go, we'll see. Now, what about the economy? What about the economy? We got this COVID-19 deal. 
Are we going to go through a second wave? We're going to have to get shut down again. And what does that mean to the economy? And even with the economy, when we, we talk about that, both sides, we, 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 if we want to use the term conservative economist, liberal economist, Federal Reserve, everyone you talk to, or at least you not talk to, and talk to too, I've talked to other colleagues and what have you, believe that a stimulus is needed now. And whether it's 2.2 billion versus 1.8 billion, come on now. I mean, oh, I don't want to say come on because I sound like Joe Biden. Then. Come on, come on now, come on. No, but seriously, um, we need the stimulus. They need to find a way to lasso in the corruption, the abuse, especially the small business loans, the giving of loans to companies that don't need them. I would have rather seen a, another $1,200 stimulus check, especially to those that are not making any sort of income at all and unemployment than I would to bailing out a lot of the corporations. This is the thing, and I, I don't want to get too much into it, but if we continue to do these bailing outs like we did in 2008 and now again, you may be an, an opponent of socialism. I'm not a fan of it either. But what took place in 2008 and what's taking place now is corporate socialism. You understand that. When you're bailing out companies, when they, whether they're public or private, I own a business. I realize I have to have a certain amount of cash. I have to have the ability to service any loans I may have, anything. But if I would say, oh, well, you know, when times get tough, yeah, Uncle Sam's going to bail me out. We don't know how long this COVID-19 thing is going to take place or how long it's going to be. But the economy is... And especially if there's a closure, it'll be clo it'll be affected more. Now, uh, reading a recent Rothschild and Company report, it looks like Europe is the most affected. Uh, the United States the least affected when you compare apples to oranges. But still, everyone is going to be affected, has been affected, and will be affected greatly. What about our American society? We're broke, busted, and disgusted. We're broke because a lot of folks now, October 31st, from all my reading, Wall Street Journal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, basically we, you know, a lot of these folks don't have any unemployment. They don't have any emergency savings. They don't have anything left. They're running on empty, like that old song, running on empty, right? They're busted emotionally physically depressed, despondent. And they're disgusted. And when you're backed in the corner, you got nothing to lose. I think that's why people are lashing out at one another. That's not the answer. At least to me. So what to do? Alfred E. Newman. 
Mad Magazine. That's where Alfred E. Newman comes in. He says, what, me, worry? When I was 10 years old, I remember Mad Magazine and Alfred E. Newman. I used to get those magazines. I would go to the store and buy it every month. What, me, worry? This is the thing that we all, I would recommend do. Know what you can control and what you can't. Focus on what you can control. Don't worry about the economy so much as you worry about, not worry. That's not the right term. I don't want to use worry. Don't be concerned about the economy. Focus on your own personal economy. That's something that you can do. That's something that you can work on. That you can network. Reach out. Don't hunker down in the, you know, that we talk about President Biden, Vice President Biden hunkering down in his basement, uh, President Trump hunkering down in his basement. Don't hunker down in your basement. Come out. Especially if you are one of the fortunate ones who hasn't been affected. You've got a job, you've got a business, you've got the financial wherewithal to weather this particular storm. Help those who cannot help themselves in any way, shape, or form you can. Communicate with one another. Encourage one another. Let this situation that we're in unite us and not divide us because surely this is probably one of the most divisive times in recent history that I can really uh, note. And, and frankly, I'm going to be glad when this election's over. Whoever the president is, you know what? My life's still going to go on. Your life's still going to go on. It's the fringe groups that are going to be reacting one way or the other to try, try to take advantage of the situation. And this time, I hope, when the election is over, will be a time for healing as a nation, regardless, regardless of who the president will be. Now, one of the things I wanted to end with is looking over all my podcasts I've had. I had 35 podcasts. This is the 35th. Interesting enough, the most popular episode is episode 29, Health is Your Greatest Wealth. So that tells me that at least those individuals listening to this podcast, health Either you're challenged with your health or health is very important to you or you're just curious. But obviously coming from a financial advisor saying health is your greatest wealth is kind of an interesting issue regardless. The second most popular episode is retirementality. And the way our parents were raised, where you got a job, worked for the same company for 40 years, then you retired. Well, that's retire mentality. I'll leave it at that. And then the first episode ever I did is the third most popular one. Now, see, that could be over a time duration thing too, but how much money is enough? And that's still an appropriate question to ask today. How much money is enough for you to be at peace? Because frankly, where I'm at, West Clark, 
You know what the number one goal for me is? Live a calm and peaceful life. Seriously. Being as transparent as possible. So let's look at uh, geographic location. The United States, 63% of the listeners are from the United States of America. Interesting enough, 21% are from France. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, my particular bloodline, I have probably more French than anything. If you looked at my nose, you, you'd note that right away. So we, we, all that good stuff. But uh, that was kind of interesting. So thank you for listening, all of those who are in France or anywhere. Canada, 7%, Sweden, 1%, United Kingdom, 1%, Ireland, Ireland, 1%, and less than 1% in Portugal. Well, Wes, what about podcast uh, devices, apps? Apple Podcast is number one, Anchor 2, Spotify number three. I, I'm a big advocate for Spotify. And something called Bullhorn, which honestly I don't know, and then 70% is the other. I thought I'd throw in that uh, sponsor advertisement, how appropriate for a podcast. So let's let's continue on. Gender. Now, this, honestly, I didn't really ever look at this information, so I thought I'd share it with you. But I thought it was very interesting that 66% of my listeners are female. 25% are male. Um, 9% are not specified. And I have no non-binary listeners. What about age? This was kind of interesting statistic. 57% of the listeners are between the ages of 45 and 59, which is interesting. 35 and 44, about 17%. So 74% are between the ages of 35 and 59, which really actually is the, the age group of my most of my clientele, interesting enough. But regardless of that, uh, third, which I'm more than happy on this one as well. 18 to 22 year olds, 9%, 23 to 27%, 6%. Then it's kind of uh, even Stevens between 28, 34 to 60 plus, and then bringing up the rear, zero to 17 years old, which is what it is. So in closing, I encourage you to uh, leave a response via Anchor. Feel free to follow me. You can see me on Twitter at I am Wesley Clark. Instagram, I am Wesley Clark. I'm in LinkedIn. My professional website. My profession as a financial advisor is byzantiumwealth.com. And I just want to say how much I appreciate each and every one of you, but I would like to get kind of an insight as to what you folks would like to hear in the future, if you're so inclined. You can give me a shoot me an email at my personal email address, Wes at WesleyClark.com. Global. Once again, Wes at WesleyClark.global. Because I want to talk about creating lifestyles by design rather than by force or any other means. 
Take care. Thanks for listening. God bless.